Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. You're listening to The Truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network with host Steve Burkholder. Interviews with the greatest houndsman hunting the greatest hounds in coonhound history. We take you beyond the losses and the wins. Steve digs deep into the stories behind the scenes. Do you have what it takes to achieve greatness? It all starts with the truth. The truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Since 1945, Joy has been producing high-quality feed for your hounds that will keep them fueled and performing day after day, night after night. Joy manufactures every bag of Joy Dog Food with 100% American-made products. In today's economy... You can buy with confidence knowing that Joy will not compromise on the quality of ingredients that you're going to feed to your hound. Joy has never had a recall on their feed, and they support the things that are important to you. Joy is proud to sponsor the PKC Youth Program and Pro Sport. It's simple. Support a company that supports you. Fueled by Joy. So uh, I'm sitting here in, uh, I guess you would call it uh, South Georgia or central to South Georgia. And I'm actually sitting here today with uh, an amazing couple, uh, George and Susan Perriman. And uh, we're really excited to see what they got to share. Uh, Obviously, uh, they've been avid hounds people uh, for most of their life. So uh, George and Susan, I'm going to say welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So, uh, George, we'll start out with you. Why don't you tell the folks a little bit of who you are and, and uh, kind of, you know, where you grew up and, and maybe, you know, kind of just a, a backdrop of, of you guys. Well, I'm 70, 70 years old. I grew up and I left here in six, when I was six years old and then I went to Florida and Uly, Florida. And I live on Crandall Road for 47 years. I had the best of both worlds, deer hunting, coon hunting, and all, and fishing. Had real good fishing, and I just grew up my life in them woods. That's so then, then I moved back to Perkins, Georgia, my hometown, and I don't do a lot of hunting. I mean, I don't do a lot of going in the woods, but I still love the, love the portion of it. You know, I guess I wore myself out just just old now. But I still love to, to watch my grandsons and my sons, and they're all, well, I'd say they was 10 times better than I was when I, come, when, when I was coming up. But they they had them electronics. We didn't have them electronics. And we had to walk. A lot of people don't believe this, but I can prove it. 
but I have been in the woods and seen the coon go up the tree training dogs. And let's I, uh, let's talk a little bit about that, George. Is in your early years, uh, was, was training dogs, was that kind of your passion, taking a young dog? And is that kind of what you uh, enjoyed doing? Right, right. And after they got started good, I really didn't have a passion for them. I mean, I wanted to take, I took puppies that was three or four months old and tree coons with them. Not, I'd tree a cage coon with them now. I, I don't want to be honest about all this. But I'd turn the coon out with a rope on it where I could catch the coon again. Yeah. And I had the best of both worlds. I had a seed orchard. Nothing but pines where they'd get pine cones back. And that's how I trained them dogs. I mean, they wouldn't be three or four months old, sit there and treat like a, a world champion, you know. Oh yeah, so uh, uh, George, did you grow up uh, around a family of hunters? Did your did your did your folks hunt? Did your dad hunt? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And my I got a friend. Well, I got several friends. What when the first at first I hunted with a black guy named Leroy. He was a good good guy. Me and him, I he didn't have no truck or a lot. I'd have to go pick him up. Me and him hunt, hunt all night long, you know. And then Johnny Merritt, me and him started hunting. And my daddy would go with me once in a while. He was about like I'm, I am now, not able to get around. But uh, I had a had a wonderful time when I was growing up. Absolutely. How did you uh, How did you and Leroy become friends? I mean, is it something oh, in school over, or just? No, this was this guy was older than me. You okay. Know, yeah. I, I, my daddy hunted with him. Well, I've I've known Leroy all my life, good guy, and uh, but I met him through my daddy, and uh, he done work for my daddy and different things, and we just took it over and hunted when I was younger, and then me and this other guy I met named Johnny Merritt, which was a coon hunter, hardcore coon hunter, and uh, we hunted together, and. We had some good dogs, real good dogs. I was, I was his handler, and uh, so you so you would have competition hunted then. Oh yeah, but nothing like this. Nothing right. like they do today, you know. Right. But this was UKC and things like that, and then it just what. Um, uh, so you you would have probably started hunting five six seven years old is that yes sir in uh what was uh in your mind george going back to that uh i know for me i can remember vividly when i got my first uh dog i i i would like to call it a coon hound but i never did tree a coon with her but as what i it, we we wasn't raised you know we was we was kind of raised uh you know not poor uh but we didn't have a lot of extra money so uh, we had to do with what we had, and I never did tree a coon with her, but going back, uh, what was the first dog that I guess you would have maybe got that you could have called your own that, you know, really stood out to you? Well, I bought two red dick puppies at eight weeks old. Well, naturally, I'm going to start training them right then. And it was the mom of the, the, mom of the to weigh 
that they did. I mean, they I'd take that cage coon, walk him, put him up a tree, and they'd all let him out. They'd trail that coon up, they'd go tree that coon. And it just, you know, just blossomed from there. And then they started treeing up, uh, shoot, I would say three months old. And then at six months old, run and treat their own coons. And then naturally I got tired of them and started over and bought another dog, you know. But nowadays, there ain't no way I could touch one of them dogs of what I paid for them. Right. Yeah. If you recall, what would you have paid maybe for them two red tip puppies? Would you remember? I don't know that they wouldn't give to me. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Absolutely. And absolutely. Now your dad your dad hunted now did he did he coon hunt or did he I know you guys you'd mentioned that you guys would run uh deer with dogs as well. Right. Yeah. But he uh, coon hunted. He coon He'd rather well. coon hunt. He wouldn't give a nickel to kill a deer. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he would have, so this would have been probably back, you know, not to date ourselves, but this would have probably been back, what, in the, probably the 60s, 60s at yeah. least. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I I was real fortunate. I lived in, a, uh, right beside a 150,000 acre tree farm, and I hunted mega coons everything you know no truck to drive but i i'd ride and come out of them woods you know dead tired get up the next that uh night and go again do it walking walking yeah yeah and just literally that's how i lived right now uh um growing up i know for me uh, I would get a few of the magazines uh, growing up, but um, when would have been your first run in maybe, uh, you know, I guess in your year, early years, what's a, a dog maybe that you hunted with uh, that really stood out to you or maybe some people that you got to hunt with that kind of made you start thinking in your mind setting the bar a little higher? Oh, a dog named Ripper. Okay. Tell us a little bit about Ripper. Ripper. Did you own Ripper? Well, I might as well own her because I, I kept him. And my buddy Johnny Merritt had a dog named, oh, let me think here a minute. Was this dog's daddy, and he owned it and bred it to his jib. Okay. And this was a puppy off of it. I made it a night champion, and just great dog, good dog, independent by himself. You know, he was a good dog. Absolutely. And back then, uh, to make a dog a night champion, uh, when you go to these hunts, uh, the hunts, local hunts was a little bit different then than they are now. So it, it, to make a dog a night champion was was uh, kind of a big deal. Oh, yeah. 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 Tell us a little bit about that. Do you remember the night you got the first place win on him? Well, the wind was blowing 100 miles an hour. And that ain't no joke. It was bad. Raining yeah. bad. And I think I, I scored, I don't remember exactly how well I scored, but about a 200 or something. Mm-hmm. Well, I said, well, I ain't going to make him a night champion. I get back to the clubhouse. Jack Wade, personal friend, coon hunter, he said, how'd you do? I said, well, I, ain't do no, I didn't do good enough to make him a night champion. 
He said, what did you score? I said, I think a 225, 250, something like that. And he laughed. He said, ain't nobody, ain't nobody beating you. He said, because ain't nobody treated a coon. And that's how I made him a night champion. Wow. Uh, Jack Wade, now, would he been a uh, – did you did – He you... was the master of hounds. Okay. Jack was a coon uh, – an abbot coon hunter. He, he just he just liked to – but the dogs that he had, he didn't want them to go out there and tree. He wanted them to go out there and run. And that's Because he was – well, he wanted them to tree, but he didn't – Really make no difference. As long as that dog would go out there and run, he thought that dog was a coon dog. Right. Now, uh, the club that you would have hunted at, would you remember that? Nassau. What did they call that season? Nassau Coon Club or something okay. like that. Did you, was you, was you actively involved in the coon club oh. growing up? Okay. What was, what was the coon, coon club that you would have been involved with? Just a little town coon, you know. We'd hunt once a month or something like that. Yeah. And uh, I did all the barbecuing for them when they'd have a big hunt, you know. Yeah. The cookouts and try yeah. to hunt it at night. Well, I can tell you, I've I've been very fortunate to taste some of your barbecue, and uh, uh, I can tell you, George, uh, I've always enjoyed that part of it, and I know it's kind of a passion of yours too. So it's been a passion of uh, that side of it's been a passion of yours for a long time as well. I've been cooking with my daddy ever since I was probably eight years old, man. That 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 brings back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That brings back a lot of good memories. Yeah, I know that's uh, you know, it's things like that, George, that we uh that sometimes when we grow up that we take for granted, I think so, uh, in this day and age. You know, uh, things was just a little different then. And, uh, you know, as you get older, I know for me, uh, you know, I've competed all my life. Well, not all my life, since I've been 17. And that side of it has been fun. But I think sometimes, you know, uh, it's them things once it's gone that you really didn't realize how much you cherished them when it was here. You know, and I know for me, a lot of the, the things that I have today uh, is simply because of what I was taught growing up as a as a child, you know, as, as a kid. Well, a lot of these kids nowadays don't realize that. Yeah. You know, I was raised hard, and I raised my kids hard. But I raised them to be good at what they do. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So, um, so your dad would have, so he would have coon hunted some, he would have, uh, that was kind of a passion of his. So, um, when you, uh, uh as you got older, we're going to actually go over to the, we're going to go over to the, uh, uh, I, I guess maybe the brains of this outfit, as some would say, uh, just joking, George. No, we're actually going to go over to Susan. She is. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're going to go over to, uh, Susan Perriman. Now, uh, Susan, I'm going to have you share a little bit on, now I know we, talked earlier so you didn't grow up around hounds and uh you and, and and so share a little bit of how you and george met and uh kind of what that was from your perspective not growing up around that and obviously as we know this was his life in his daddy's life so how did you guys meet and, and how was that adjustment when you guys got started well actually i did grow up with some hounds but they were hog dogs okay and uh, my daddy hunted hog dogs and then He'd bring the hogs home and we'd raise them 
and uh, butcher them when they got big enough. But uh, I met George and uh, actually at one of our skating ring dances and at 16, and we've been together actually since then. So how many years have you guys been married? 47. 47 years. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. It ain't been easy. No, but it's it, been ain't worth been easy. It. it ain't been easy. Yes, it's been worth it. It's been worth it. Absolutely. So you guys met, and uh, here you meet this young lad, and he's ate up like most of us do with when once you you know I always share with people uh I know I remember vividly the first time I went hunting with a hound and uh it's one of them things you either love it or you don't and I fell in love with it and it just never changed so you meet this young lad that's ate up with it so share a little bit about that how it was how it share with the folks a little bit what it was to be uh married to a to a houndsman you know something that's passion because you know spare time it always goes to it always goes to that. So share a little bit about that. We'd love to hear that. Actually, I really enjoyed it. I okay. mean, um, I didn't have any other hobbies, so I always trailed behind him on his foottails. And uh, then when we had our boys, uh, that was our outing. I mean, we'd take our hot dogs and marshmallows and we'd build us a fire and, and raise hot dogs and marshmallows until the boys got a little older and then they started without asking mama going ahead and following daddy so that's what was how, that like that was that, probably was, tough. that wasn't easy i mean yeah. it was hard to keep them uh out of the woods when they was three years old you know yeah. but uh after a while it didn't take much more than a year later he was having to tote them on his back and uh they wouldn't stay out of the woods. They, uh, but we still, they knew they could come on back to the truck, and Mama would have the fire going and the hot dogs and the drinks and everything else for them when they come back. So, so you, so you actually hunted a lot with George, and yeah, I hunted a whole lot with him, and uh, of course, I got in trouble a lot when I was out there too, trying to help him. Right. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. He would go out. And uh, he would say, if I get out here and I get, when I get the dogs caught, I need you to blow the horn. Well, <laughs> I'd blow the horn and then I'd hear him holler and I thought I was helping. So I'd get in the truck and I'd ride around to the other side of the block there and, uh, bl and blow it again. <laughs> I caught hell when he come out though. <laughs> you was walking circles, George. Am I get? Is that what I'm getting? Hey, look at here. Five hours trying to get out of him. And my buddy, and my buddy, I'd say, "Man, what the heck's going on?" He says, "I don't know." I says, and then I got. And I says, "Stop." And I hollered. I said, "I said she's riding in that truck." <laughs> I said, if you move that truck one more time, I said, it's going to be hell to pay. <laughs> I, it's safe to say you guys finally got figured out when you got figured out when you blow the horn. Just yeah, we got still. it figured out. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So, uh, um, George, so you would have been uh, going back to them, to them times. Um, you know, things was a little different then. Uh, t talk a little bit about... Uh, 
you know, obviously things have changed now today with electronics and stuff like that. Uh, you know, and some of them hunts, you know, trying to gather a dog up or maybe not even finding it that night. And, right. You know, what, what was your, what would you do? How would you, what would you do to, to gather some of them up sometimes? Well, I'd blow the horn on my truck. Then when I'd go out there to feed them, I'd blow my horn, you know, get them, give them something to recognize, yeah. to, to come to. And that was pretty successful, but not like these electronics are today. You know, to holler for them and all. Right. Um, what's some of the, uh, growing up and then in your later years, uh, what, what's some of the dogs that you may have hunted with that uh, maybe really stood out to you? Maybe not ones that you owned, but maybe uh, dogs that you would have hunted with that you would have thought was, you know. Well, I'm sure everybody's heard of Joe House. I had some of his breed, and my cousin, his name was Bubba, true story. His name was Bubba, and I got a mail dog from him, and his name was Clint. Well, Clint was a hell of a dog, the one I had. Yeah. And he come back to me and wanted the dog back, and I let him have him back. And he lived, he lived right up here. Well, matter of fact, right down the road here from me back then. And I'd come up here to some, during the summer, you know, and stay and hunt. Joe House's dogs was, I always wanted that bloodline in, in my dogs. Right. Did you ever get to meet Joe? I met him one time at a, uh, in Orangeburg. I didn't really meet him. I saw him pull up in a red and white Cadillac, and he had a dog. Had a hunt. Yeah, he had a dog in that red and white Cadillac, and I said, "Man, what are you doing with that dog in the sea?" He said, "He might as well." He said he bought it. That's exactly what words he said. Would you have known what dog it was? It was Clint. It was Clint. House is Clint. Yeah. I mean, did you ever hunt the Grand American? Oh, yeah. Ever do any good there? No. Yeah. I didn't hunt it but one time. The Georgia State, the Florida State, all them hunts I hunted. And I, what was it? The Georgia State I won? Or the Florida State? Florida State. Florida State that I won. Would you know what dog you was hunting then? Major? No, Ripper. Ripper. Yeah. Now, would you go with him, Susan? To them hunts? Uh, yeah, I would. We, we'd we actually take our tents and stay the weekend of the hunt right there on the clubhouse grounds. And uh, that was fun because when they'd go out, I'd stay around the clubhouse, all the, all the wives would, and uh, we would mingle and I'd meet people and enjoy that and patiently waiting on them to come back into the club to find out who won. So yeah, we enjoyed that. Yeah, a lot more of a family atmosphere, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Nowadays, if these boys had to hunt like I hunted, they they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it because I hunted for nothing, a trophy. You know, I was proud to get the trophy. Yeah. Absolutely. What uh, uh, in the in them years? Uh, in you being a houndsman all your life, you know, you know, as a houndsman family or whatever, um, 
What's your thoughts on uh, the dogs of today and the dogs of then? Uh, much difference, you think, or uh, if, if there is a difference, where would you what would you see as a difference? There's no difference in the dog. You know, they they got good dogs. Well, we had good dogs back then, you know. But it's how you train them dogs is, you know, I, I like I see, I would see the coon go up the tree when the dogs got there. So you had to do that because, you know, you, you couldn't have no electronics. And that's how I trained my young dogs. When they left the road, I didn't turn coons out. I'd walk them through the woods. And eventually, they'd go on, and then I'd take off with them. And I'd see the coon go up the tree, and that's how I trained young dogs. And probably that's what's wrong with my legs today. Wore them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had to walk back then. That was our transportation. Was our, we we call them the the uh, uh, lambgraffitis. Uh, I yes, guess sir. you could say. <laughs> yes. No, absolutely, uh, George. I know for me, uh, I had a couple memorable hunts, some funny experiences and stuff. Um, I know you talked about Leroy, and you talked about your other friend there. Uh, maybe a couple memorable hunts. You know. Well, me and Johnny went turned out on on a Hexer Drive over there. On the Mars, and we was hunting Jack, one of the Jack Wade's dog. And me and him got the dog and the dog treed. We went in there to it, and I walked around. I could hear the dog. The dog, I never seen the dog. And we shined up in a tree, and Johnny come in there. He said, Oh my God. He said, Get that dog out of there. He said, Jack, he said, It's a $50 dog, Jack, when we want $1,000 for him. <laughs> So I climbed the tree, got the dog out of it, and put my put my belt around him, and I come down with one hand out of that tree, and set it down. <laughs> well, was, we laughed about that then. And then one time we was we got in the truck, and I looked in a ditch. I said, Johnny, that's a gator. Johnny said, That ain't no gator in that ditch. We pulled on up there, and there was about a 10, 12-foot gator there, alive. <laughs> Johnny said, man, that's good eating. Let's just get him. So we got out, and I took the rifle. I said, ting, and it was bouncing off his head. I shot seven times, and every time old Johnny would say, ah, that got him. He'd run down there and grab him by the tail, and that gator would turn on him and come back, and Johnny and that gator. Gator going down the ditch. You know. So finally, we say, well, we better leave that gator alone. So we took a limb and beat him off, run him off out there in the road because you could tell where we'd been tore up the road. So we went on, got our dogs out of the damn woods. Did you ever? Uh, did you ever lose a dog um, to you know? You know, you hear you know of different things of you know maybe a. a where you would assume maybe a gator would have oh, yeah. got to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Because you, you guys have actually, you, you've lived there on that all your life, pretty much in a nutshell. Kill that fly there, right? But but you you, you lived, you, you kind of hunted around that all your life. Now, uh, 
did you did you travel much, uh, George and Susan? Did you guys go anywhere much more than just you know, like Florida, Georgia, South Carolina? Uh, yeah, we, we went to some of them. We didn't go to many. Yeah. We didn't have the money to do all that. Well, we lived, he worked for the timber division right where we lived at. So right. he had access to, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of acres. Some of the best hunting there was. I was very fortunate. And uh, we would uh, we would camp just about every weekend out there somewhere on the bluff, um, you know, in those acre, timber acres, and uh, that was like a weekend thing for us. Just and then he taught Hatcher Drive, which was Jacksonville is probably twenty miles from Uley, and Hatcher Drive's in Jacksonville, and we it's on the marsh, and we'd go over there, and we have a landing we could camp there. So we just camped around close home and, and, hunted, and right. hunted. So uh, let's go a little bit into uh, your boys. Now you guys have two. You have the two uh, two boys, right? Right. Um, right. Uh, and their names. We got uh, James James Perriman, our oldest one, and uh, Justin. I mean T J Perriman. T J. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, so I know that you guys shared that, that you guys kind of brought them up in the hunting thing. So, share a little bit on as they got a little bit older, and, and uh, you know, uh, obviously, I think they was both actively in, uh, involved in, in, in hound hunting, and uh, what that meant to you guys, you know, as they grew up and took a passion for it as well. Well, I mean, I feel like I've turned out. Turned out two pretty good boys, two good hunters. I feel like that, you know. Very proud of it. But. What was it? What was it like? I know for me, uh, once I got the bug so hard as I got older, I couldn't get enough of it. And I remember, you know, having to get reprimanded on trying to keep my school grades up so I could hunt and and that kind of thing. And uh, you know, uh, you know, by the sounds of it, they obviously was actually involved in hunting or whatever. Uh, do you guys have a little bit of that same deal there, or did you, or was, or George, tell me a little bit about that? You know, they knew they had to do their homework, and I would tear them riches up. You know, if they didn't, I had a little problem with Susan, but don't. Oh, they can't go tonight. They got to go to school. I said, you might as well let them go. They ain't going to learn nothing in school thinking about coon hunting or hunting. Right. And she'd get, my, she'd get mad with me. Right. And that's how I handled it. Yeah. Um, now, I know I know your boy James. Uh, I know he, uh, he actively uh, competes uh, in competition and stuff. And, uh, but TJ, I don't think I've seen him much. He, he, he didn't do the competitive side no. of it that much. No, he just, he just cared to just. He says he wants to get back into it. Yeah. But he's working down in Jacksonville and doing good. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's not, not really into, he's not really into it like James. Now his son, Justin, I mean, Levi is in, into it. Yeah. Now, he was talking about he's working in Jacksonville. Going back to, what have you done the majority of your life, George? A little of all of it. Yeah. Run equipment, run yeah. equipment, electrician, welder. I could do any of it. I'd, I'm bragging a little bit here, but I didn't, even, I didn't even have to look for a job. 
I, I was just good enough that they called me here, we over here. I mean, I left one job and didn't get home good for they calling me to go to another job. You know, not leaving, get laid off, you understand what I'm saying? Right, absolutely. And I'd take off to that job. Yeah. Susan, do, as you, uh, did you work some or did you? Was you... I worked the whole time we've been married. Okay. I just, just retired last year. Okay, and what'd you do? I've uh, uh, always worked in an office, human resource, with all the, the uh, accounts, payable accounts, receivables, and all bookkeepings and payroll and everything. Absolutely. Um, now, I know you talked about Levi a little bit. Uh, and I know you guys have a couple other uh, grandsons that are obviously highly competitive, uh, a little bit older. I think they're a little few years older than Levi. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, tell us a little bit about them. Well, we're we're real proud of them. They're uh, they're actually our handlers now, and uh, working for us. And uh, just like last night, I was up all night and the night before, you know, supporting them with their hunts. And uh, and uh, of course, it just brings the the family together, and uh, we really enjoy it. Right, and that would be Colt and Justin. That would be James's boys, That's right? That's James's boys, Colt yeah. and Justin. Levi's yeah. coming right behind them. I got Levi living with me now, and uh, uh, and it's all the time. It's every night that he's doing it too. Right. Well, it's safe to say when they get around it and they enjoy it, and that's what you guys uh, <laughs> talk about on a daily. You can't help but get uh, uh, sad about it. now. Uh, Colt and Justin, I know you guys uh, obviously uh, watch them grow up and uh, like shared. Uh, they're obviously competing and that kind of thing. And um, uh, tell us a little bit how it come about that uh, you know that they're that you guys was able to you know because uh, I think it's just recently is that right that uh, they started hunting for you guys is that is that right? Yeah, Susan? that's yeah. that's very recent. Um, I mean they they've been doing it um, ever since they was old enough to follow their dad in the, in the woods. Yeah, and uh, and me. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you would remember them going with you, George? I took and, I took, I took them. When they couldn't drive or anything, I stayed up at night and took them. Yeah. And that's what you, you got to keep, the, the, the world is in such a screwed up situation. So you got to take these younger kids and do with them. Are they going to be out there in drugs or whatever, you know? Keep them in them woods. They can't hurt nothing in them woods, you know? Yeah. What, uh, talking of that, George... Um, what is, uh, uh what, what's your, I mean, what's your, uh, you know, from what it was then and what it is now and stuff, uh, I, I know in today's age, you know, there's, there's more stuff out there, a lot more easy, accessible uh, to get into and stuff like that. But, uh, I know for me, um, it was them kind of activities when we grew up as kids that, you know, uh, probably made us who we are today. And, um, you know, I know for me, uh, especially even in my early 20s, uh, I was so ate up with it. It kept me out of a lot of trouble. And, um, you know, I think that, um, you know, you was talking about earlier, and I, uh, just a good point. Um, you know, when I grew up, we didn't have a tracking system to begin with. Uh, we had to follow a compass. Uh, I, I'm, I'm one that I'll tell you, I get lost. Yeah, it, get lost walking around trying to get out or, or have somebody holler you out. Uh, but you know, in today's age, 
with uh, with the ele with the electronics that we have and uh, you know the equipment that we have, uh, it sure made it a lot easier. Uh, but I think that I think for a younger person, you can still have a lot of fun with it. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, I agree. Yeah, still have a lot of fun with it. Um, before we close here, uh, what um, what what's it mean now? You know, obviously you guys have your you know you guys raised up in the in the hound community and and you also you uh, your boys hunted and, and now your grandsons are obviously uh, uh, following the family tradition. What's that mean to you guys? You know that I guess on that side of it, on the means the world to me. I mean, and her. I'm not speaking for her, but you know, the only thing hurts me is I can't get out there and go. But you do go once in a while and sit in the truck, don't you? Yep. Yeah, I'm sure that's enjoyable too as well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But it ain't as much fun as going out there to the tree. Yeah, but my legs won't do. I mean, I've tried it. I'd get off out there and fall down and get mad and say, "Y'all go ahead. I'm going back to the truck." Absolutely. Well, I really, I really enjoyed just sitting in the truck and listening to the dogs, because mm -hmm. I, I, I've gotten more into it now in my older age than I have before, because simply because I have more of the. The family, the the grandkids and the sons and and all into it also, and I just want to learn it more. And uh, but and I learn it by going and sitting in the truck and letting them tell me what I gotta listen for and what's got to be done. You know, so uh, I go quite often and sit in the truck now that I'm close to where James. James lives, the oldest boy, and uh, the grandkids are really into it hard, and uh, I just, I really enjoy it. It's, okay. it's a family thing. Yeah. You, uh, I see, just looking out your guys' kitchen window here, uh, I think, I believe that's a, a fairly new, what, seven dog uh, kennel out there that you guys just put in or whatever, so... Uh, it looks to me like uh, you guys do a lot of that. You guys uh, take care of a lot of the dogs here. I'm sure you guys enjoy that side. of How, how did it come about you guys decided to get a kennel? I wanted something to do when I retired, and uh, that's that's what I can do. I mean, I can, I can tend to the dogs and uh, watch them, be close to them, and watch them grow up, and I want to breed is what I want to do, and I know... We've got some good dogs out there that we can breed and uh, watch them make coon dogs. Right. Now, uh, um, I know, uh, I, I believe it was just a few years ago that Justin, one of your grandsons, won the, won the youth, won the youth, uh, youth World, right? Youth Is that World, correct? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I know that they've been on a roll here as of late. Uh, tell me, Susan, d did you ever imagine that? A person could and George both that a person could hunt for the kind of person you know that that they're hunting for today. Well, I, I didn't. I never heard of that kind of money. What they paying, you know? I'm amazed at the amount of money they're making. Yeah. yeah. But they live it. See, them boys live it and breathe it. I mean, it's just, and that's the only way you can be productive in anything. You got to take an interest in 
anything that that they do and not play grab ass, you know, you got to get serious about it. You got to do it. And and they hunt. Uh-huh. They, they they hunt aside from just hunting at a hunt. Right. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh Susan, in in our in some of our parts uh of the competitive world, your your kinda uh nickname as as Mama Paraman, like the the boss of the show, or, or the, <laughs> the oversteer of the show. Favorite dog. Which what's your favorite dog you have at the time? My favorite well? dog is Mary. I figured you was gonna say I mean, that's what I started out just wanting to breed dogs. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't ready to start following the grandkids and uh supporting them with entry fees and getting them in the hunts and making the money we're making. And uh Mary's my favorite. I mean, we we bought her at a real good price and we already know she's worth a whole lot more than what we paid for. Right. And uh, I don't want to share. I see a lot of people wanting to, you know, buy in on her. And and I, I'm, I guess, favorite dog. You don't, you don't want to share it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, you know, if you own, if you guys own it, you can kind of control what happens there or whatever. But right. Uh, George, you got a favorite one. The one that'll like treat you, coon. One that'll treat you, coon. That's a good answer. You know like what? That. You know what? I'm good enough to pretty well, one time, tell you what dog is what dog gonna do what. I've hunted so many years and been with so many different kinds. If I can see that dog perform one time, I'm gonna tell you what that dog is gonna do. Just like that dog of James's. Or hours. What's the other name? Which one? Said, said it, no, said it was a tree opossum. Oh, that shooter. Well, shooter. I told James. I said, James. I said that dog right there. You can break him off of an opossum, and he'll be one of the top dogs in this kennel. And he is. Yeah. I actually wouldn't have one when he's young that wouldn't tree a possum. I wouldn't have him. Because if he won't tree a possum, he won't tree nothing. Now, you don't want him to stay on him. You want to break him and let him know that that's not right. Break him. And that's how you train a dog, man. you got to... That dog didn't know he was doing wrong. you got to let him know he's doing wrong. Right. And a lot of times you don't have to beat them. Yeah. To they're unmercifully. Right. Did you uh uh did you did did you hunt any other uh did you hunt any other thing other than a, a coon? I know we talked about it briefly or would well, you use dogs on anything else? Hogs. Um, hogs. You used to have yeah. What was that experience like? I I've, I've never been. They say it's, it, it's I've done it's it pretty much. I I actually caught hogs for Rainier Timber Division paid to hunt and I had two two dogs it was about that high named Spot and Stoney well I'd put Pot, Spot and Stoney up on the dog box and I'd ease through the woods down the road Spot would say yep I'd stop get out him and Stoney go in there and 
bait that hog up, and then I'd go in there and catch him. You know, I caught two and three hundred pound hogs right by myself. And and you'd tie them up, tie them up, load them up, bring them out of there. Yeah, yeah. Many so. of them. I've had a whole pen full at the house, and then boys. But you know, like them young guys come up there and they said, "Man, let me, let me, let me go in there with them hogs." I said, "Go ahead." <laughs> I said, "But I tell you what, I do. I bet you fifty dollars I can go in there with them." Ah, nah. If we can't, you can't. I said, "Oh yeah, I can." I scratch them down, make them lay down. And how I did it? I'd take a bucket of corn and I'd pee in it. And feed it to them. Well, what does that tell you? They get used to my scent, my smell of food. You can tame cows. You can tame about any kind of wild animal there is. But nobody else can get around them except you. I just learned something. I never heard. That's that's pretty amazing. Does it work? It works. I seen uh, heard up a bunch of. uh, Old wood, which cows? cows, and it take about a week, maybe maybe two weeks if that, and uh, he'd have them coming, all of them coming in there to him. Pin them up, pin them up right then. <laughs> That's amazing. But I'd have to if you was with me, I'd have to tell you. So now you need to get on that side and hide, and I could walk around in there with them, drive them in the chute, whatever. But as soon as a stranger come around her, it was done. Yeah, I'll be. Yeah, so you so you you would have, you would have ran hogs some with Hans or whatever. Did you ever do the deer? I know down. Oh was, yeah. yeah. Did you have, did you enjoy that? Oh yeah. 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 Now did you now back then did you hunt them with big packs or, or you know I know a lot of anywhere from 10, 20, 20 is about the most. Yeah. That's deer. Yeah. I don't know. Hounds that you would run on. Yeah. What, what what was a lot of hounds they used for them? Uh, just anything they could get their hands on, or did you have particular ones that was better than other ones? Oh yeah, they uh, Julys and just regular old Walker dogs, and I mean I've sold coon dogs or blue ticks, red ticks, and all that that turned and got on deer. You know I'd sell them for deer dogs. Yeah. Did you ever have a favorite breed that you always kind of followed, or or it didn't matter for deer hunting? You don't for know. for hounds in general. Well, red ticks and walkers. Yeah. What, what? like an English? I, I like an English dog. Yeah. Cause you can you can put too much blood to a, a dog. Now I'd like to cross a blue tick and a tree and walker. Yeah. And get them English dog. Yeah, that's actually what I'm hunting right now. Is a is a a little female. Actually, her sire is a blue tick, and her uh, her uh, dam is a walker. So absolutely. Yeah. So, well, hey, it was really good uh, sitting down here and, and and visiting with you uh, with you guys, and maybe we can do this again sometime. So I really appreciate you guys' time and. And uh, look forward to uh, watching you, uh, you guys and, and obviously your, your your sons and grandsons as they uh, uh, keep doing what we always enjoy, all enjoy doing. Any parting thoughts? Just God bless you and be good. 
Absolutely, Susan. No, it's, I'm fine. Okay, absolutely. Well, thank you, guys. And with that, we're going to uh, sign off. Don't forget to log this episode on Go Wild for a chance to win a Dakota 283 G3 medium kennel. From now until the end of June, every time you listen to the Houndsman XP podcast and log that time, you get a chance to win the Dakota 283 kennel. It's time to go wild. Also, check out Havoc Hunting Supply. Havoc Hunting Supply has all of the leading brands available either at one of their two locations or online at HavocHuntingSupply.com. When it's time to turn hounds loose, it's time to wreak some havoc with Havoc Hunting Supply. Make sure you're sharing this podcast with all your fellow houndsmen. Leave us a review and a like over on Apple Podcasts. And always remember, it all starts with the truth.